Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your human reboot. Today's guest on the Human Reboot podcast is Amy Rowlinson. She is a leader in purpose and fulfilment and has a huge fascination for understanding why people do what they do in life. Amy is on a mission to help entrepreneurs become values-based, purpose-driven and people-centered and she helps people to launch profitable and purposeful podcasts. Amy's podcast, Focus on Why, is in the top 1.5% of podcasts, has over 165 episodes, and is now downloaded in 85 countries. At the heart of what Amy does, she helps you to focus on your why with clarity and with passion and purpose to help create the life you truly deserve. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Emma. It's an absolute delight to be here on the Human Reboot podcast because it's really great to talk about human reboots. Amy, would you just share a little bit about your background, please? I really want to share today why it's important to have a reboot from my perspective, because I think we all have different understanding of of what a human reboot is. And actually, when I'm reflecting on it, I think there's been different reboots that I've needed at different phases in my life. And At the moment, I have great clarity, but it's not always been that way. And I do talk about midlife beginnings because I feel that in the last few years, there have been certain events that have really caused me to have a human reboot in in so many different aspects, not just in sort of like a physical, but emotional and, and potentially spiritual as well. So it's really interesting that the topic that you've got here, and I can imagine that a lot of people will come at it from different ways because there are so many so many different aspects to the complexity of a human life and yeah it's fascinating Emma I'm really really looking forward to exploring this with you oh so let's start with with the reboot that sticks out in your mind the most so I think it, it the first big reboot that I I remember was probably having children because it was such a shift in dynamic from being a singular person, your own responsibility, looking after your life and just and going on. And then the body obviously goes through a huge amount of changes. And so <laughs> there's a, a lot of uh, things going on there. But it's, it's that whole change of this is not how life is going to be anymore because I have small people at the time with the first one. It's probably with my daughter. It was a case of I'm now responsible for this little bundle. What's happening here? And so I did have a reboot at that point. I think that was a a slightly different way of thinking about this. But I had to be more responsible about what I was ingesting. You know, I was feeding my daughter and and it made a big difference. So you start to really think about impact and the knock-on effects of of what you're doing. Whereas before that, you're quite sort of carefree and sort of let things just go. But yeah, it was it was a real shift for me and it was a real change in my 
lifestyle and, and not just being able to pop out and meet people. It's like, okay, well, that's going to take me about a couple of hours to get all the, the clobber together to then be able to leave the house even. But it was, it was a change and it was a, an adaptation to life. And then I thought that, that you know, I, I'm going to have another child. And I actually had a miscarriage in between my two children. And that was a real difficult period to to go through and I haven't talked about this very much if, if at all I mean publicly it, it, may, it may be sort of you know smaller forums but yeah. I think it's important to talk about the things that we don't talk about very often and I remember it was I was I was about 12 13 weeks and I remember being put on a, a, an antenatal award waiting to to have everything sorted and it was really difficult because, you know, you're, you're around all these other women who were still very pregnant. They had various things like hyperemesis and things like that. And I remember just being underneath that sheet and just hiding from the world for a few days until I could have my operation. And it was really difficult from that perspective. But again, the body is giving itself this reboot. And, and But mentally, you're not keeping up with what is physically happening. And I think from different perspectives, there are lots of different things going on in the body and whether you're you're aware of them or not. And that, again, is another way of giving it a, a sort of an overhaul and giving an, a sort of a, a change in, in the way that things are operating. So I, I had to keep up with what my body was doing mentally. It was really hard. It was difficult. I was on my own and and those moments in, in the hospital, obviously my husband was there, but only he was looking after my daughter. So it was difficult for him to be there the whole time. And, and then again, going on to having another child, so having my son. Now, this is a while ago now. This is sort of 18 and 16 years ago that all of this sort of happened. And now I'm at a stage where I feel that in the last sort of five years, I've gone through a whole change and in midlife beginnings. And it was having to reboot our lives because things weren't working that well uh, in terms of my husband was getting very stressful job in the city lots of headaches migraines and I could see this fog just sort of descending and I knew I had to do something and so I, I really I had to take control so again I guess those are my sort of three major points at where I've, I've sort of seen reboots and the more recent one has been fundamental to taking me and changing the course of my whole life to, to the position of where I am now. So, yeah, I mean, we can pick apart any of those three elements. <laughs> to be fair, all three um, of those really resonate with me. Um, the first one, when you're talking about all those new feelings around, you know, a new area of responsibility in your life. I find it, I think it's quite interesting because, you know, when you, I can remember being in work and um, being told by like many people, don't say to anybody how long you're going to be off on maternity leave because you never know how you're going to feel by the time, you know, when that baby comes, you you know, your whole, the, your whole view on the world will change. Do you think that your view on the world changed at that point? You're right. I didn't have a, a set decision made when I well, when I went on maternity leave. And I guess it was partly because you want to keep your options open. And yeah, I, I had no idea whether I would take to motherhood the way that I did. And, and also I was in a fortunate position where I could have a full time being at home. 
And so I, I did say goodbye to work and and that was at the end of that chapter. So, you know, it was a bit of a change for me because I, you kind of become defined by what you do sometimes without even realizing it. You, you have a label attached to you and my label changed from, you know, being a, rec- a recruitment consultant to then being a full-time mother. And that took a little while of adjustment, you know, detachment of maybe self-worth to to earnings and things like that. And there was a real shift change there in in understanding now what my new roles and responsibilities were in different framework. And also there was a shift in the the dynamic of of how we were operating as as a team with my husband and and I, you know, is so yeah, it was it's interesting, isn't it? How you can't really prepare for that because you don't know what's coming. You don't know how you're going to feel and you don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Do you feel like um you had any judgment at all around your decision to stay at home? It's just because sometimes well, I was in a different situation in terms that I was kind of the, the main earner and we had twins as our first, our first ch- child, <laughs> our first birth. We had, we had two. And I went back to work four days a week, um, probably after the, well, about 11 months they were when I went back to work. And I did find that transition back to work quite difficult because I was so worried. They were so small and I was so worried about them. But then once I got back to work, I actually loved the fact that I could actually have a hot drink without it going cold um, and some basic things. And, I, you know, and I loved having that kind of that mix of what felt like me and then what felt like mum time. But I do feel that perhaps I was I was judged a bit for perhaps being too career orientated do you feel like, you know, you were at all judged for your decision that you made around your children? I don't think so, because I, I removed myself from an environment where I, I didn't necessarily hear those conversations happen. So I, I know that when I handed my notice in to my boss, she was really disappointed. And, and there was a part of me that was needing that recognition and and sort of say, oh, you know, the need of, of, of wanting to be desired in a workplace again but I I was so sure that it was the right thing and to be fair I didn't really have the mental capacity to to balance I I didn't really feel that it was all consuming and it wasn't really an option I I didn't feel that there was judgment per se Mm. I mean I'm trying to cast my mind back to as I said it was like 18 years ago now And I think that definitely there's been some societal changes in either staying at home or going back to work. I think it's a lot easier for people to have that choice and for it to be respected. Then it was kind of, was it, was it kind of, or am I just sort of projecting? I don't know. Was it, was it expected that I was able to balance it all? Probably not in this particular role. It just wasn't possible. And so that made it much easier for me to have that decision. Yeah. But I, I just knew that as soon as I had my daughter, that was it. I, I, I wanted to be at home. Yeah. So that was an easy decision for me to make. And, and as I said, I had the luxury of being able to do that from a, a financial perspective. Yeah, that's great that you have that choice. Not everybody has that choice, do they? But it is, it's great that you have that choice. Exactly. And I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is not having the choice, then that's where some of the judgment or some of the self-doubt kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. Or the guilt. And thank you so much for sharing that story um, about your miscarriage, something so personal to you. One of the key things that, 
you know, I kind of talk to people about a lot is that trying to move from adversity into you move through to survival, to growth and then thriving. What do you feel that you may have learned, you know, from such a kind of tragic situation? It was really interesting because even though it happens to the woman's body, it was seeing also my husband's reaction as well, you know, and how how much that did affect him. And that was that was really it was quite emotional, to be fair, because you think that as a, as a woman holding and, and carrying the baby for the period of the time, it, it was a very much a it becomes just you and the baby. And for him to sort of reach out and be really supportive, that was amazing. So from the learning from that perspective, it was great because it it brought us even closer. And he was, I mean, he was, is amazing. He's so supportive. And, and then again, I think that the learnings going forward was is not to take things for granted, that, you know, it wasn't to be that particular pregnancy. And I then, you know, was more fearful going forward because I, I, I just assumed it would be as, as in my first pregnancy thereafter that it would be easy. And so when we were trying again, it was it was a difficult because it was a case of, well, is this going to work now, knowing that, it, you know, it hadn't before. And three months of sickness is a long time to, to go through again. Can I actually go through that really tricky first three months again? Oh, my goodness. You know, it, I, I didn't get those those three months easy at all. And so that was, it, it was, a, I was reticent. I was reticent to carry another baby, but it did work out and everything was fine. But it, you know, you do have that, all of those different thoughts and you, you're, you're talking about your sort of process there. And yeah, it, it is difficult to go from the, the sort of those different phases through them. But you, I think when, once you've done that and you've done that in different areas of life, it does help to know where you are and, and that it is kind of a process. I mean, grief is a process and it is time that helps. I mean, it's, you're not going to forget things, but it is over time that it becomes easier, not um, impossible. So yeah, it was, that were probably my learnings. Hmm. So in terms of grief, so a lot of people have experienced grief this year and that's not necessarily kind of the grief that is just about losing a person. Grief can be about losing losing freedom or losing choice or um, it's a loss of any of any kind. And I think that was something that I learned, um, you know, when I moved out of out of the corporate world after 19 years kind of that whole loss that loss of purpose that that you know that I felt sometimes when I share that with people around viewing grief as as something that can be any form of loss sometimes it helps us to understand why we feel the way we feel a bit better is there anything around sort of that 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 resonates with you Amy you're absolutely right I mean where we are now, we're, we're just coming out of you know, the third lockdown in the UK. And it's it's understanding the, the frameworks of which we've been operating and and having freedom is, is you know, at the core of, of pretty much everybody's desires and, and values. You know, we, we all seek freedom and whether that is comes in very different forms for each of us. And often I find it actually tends to 
a company another word. You know, there's, there's freedom and flexibility or there's freedom and acceptance or there's freedom and wonder or, you know, it's not just freedom. And with that, you know, we're, we're, as we're coming out of this latest phase of confinement, you know, we now have more choice. We now have more ability to move around. But we've also got the complexity of, of understanding that there will be a lot of people who are coming out of grief. And whilst they were in the confinement, there was a collective understanding now that people are starting to move on. Is that going to be difficult, more difficult for the grieving process than necessarily it, it usually it can be? Because you've got that element of survivor's guilt of coming into the fold as well that, you know, we, we are now enjoying we've, we've got social commitments we're going back out into environment is it safe there's lots of different complexities going on and I think that with grief I mean grief is so complex as an emotion and it's not my area of expertise at all I know that there's some wonderful people in our circle that, that deals with grief really well and and helps counsel through that phase but I, in terms of the grief that I've experienced I've had really difficult times of peers I've lost peers very close peers and I've lost family members not in the last year or so well actually we did lose a very close friend last February uh, to cancer and that was horrendous because he hadn't turned 40 and yeah it, it is it's really difficult and there is no easy way I guess where there's an ending and that's what it is and we're all we're all face mortality we have beginnings and and that's where I, I I feel like I'm in the next phase of my life right now entering into a change of the body entering into the the sort of menopausal stages now and again you know that really does make you feel very mortal and but I do believe that it's never too late to be who you might have been and do what you you know always wanted to do and that's where I'm a massive advocate as I say of midlife beginnings. Oh, so tell me more about midlife beginnings. Well, I guess a lot of it has become down to a huge exploration in the last few years of personal development and just becoming more aware of myself, but more aware of how we work as humans, how, you know, what is it that we, we're all about? And, and that goes from all different aspects of understanding how our brain works. I'm, on a, I'm doing a neuroscience course at the moment because I, I want to understand more about that because it's fascinating. And then linked to, you know, I, I've, I've done my master in um, neurolinguistics and also in hypnotherapy and, t- and timeline therapy. And it's just so interesting what our capacity is and what we're able to do and have read so many books on personal development in the last few years so I I now feel that I am on a path of self-discovery and with that I'm taking other people who are willing to to come to because all these years that I didn't realize there were of possibilities and of, of, of different avenues to explore now I'm just wow come on and that was part of the focus on why that's why I created it last year was to understand how I could shine a light on on the topic of purpose you touched on purpose a moment ago and that's where I now help people to share their stories I shine a light on other people's whys and help them to focus on why in the show and share what it is they're doing and why they're doing it 
And as a, that was started out as almost a, a cathartic expression of my own life. And then I realized I could take all these other people with me. And we're now, you know, a year later with hundreds of episodes recorded. And it's in the time of speaking today, it's in 85 countries. And so, yes, you know, anything is possible. You know, you can have these midlife beginnings and, and reboot in life. And it doesn't matter what it is or, or what as long as you are enjoying the process and it brings you great fulfillment. And I think that's a really key thing, isn't it? It's it's like enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, enjoy the steps. Sometimes when we're perhaps on a vision of what we want and where and where we want to be, sometimes we forget to enjoy the ride. And that's definitely something that I've really learned over the last few years. I totally agree. And you get so fixated sometimes on on what the goal is in the future that you forget about having good time, you know, in the moment. And part of the journey that I've been on recently is understanding more about how to get into the present moment, how to really understand what that means and not as you say, skip your press fast forward because it's your life that you know every day is your life and it's so important and I talk about this all the time that it's it's a case of are you living or are you existing are you passing by the moments or or are you are you enjoying those moments and it's yeah it's it's really a big passion of mine to help others to to shine the light on purpose for them as well yeah and a huge like part of that is all around kind of having your purpose knowing your identity you know really kind of knowing who you are and actually who are you know who are you what are your values what do you stand for and and sometimes that sort of work takes it takes a bit of time and it takes a bit of self-awareness and like you say self-development self-development is massive so what you were just saying about talking about being in the present that leads me on beautifully to our next area of conversation, which is all around how you switch off to switch on. That's a great question. It is a really good question. So I switch off in in different ways. I love reading and I, I, I love taking myself into different worlds. And I, I used to read predominantly sort of fiction. But I moved into a place of nonfiction. And, and I think sometimes that doesn't help me to switch off because I'm very much still switched on and filling my brain and my whole space with curiosity. But it is a way of me rebooting, giving myself more energy by doing that. And I, I'm a really aware of you were talking earlier about the values and, and what it is I do. And I'm I'm really aware that. For me, brilliance is something that I strive for. So when you say switch off, what what does that mean? It means giving me more me time and and feeding my values and not filling up my day with other tasks. So I'm very aware that my core values are being served. People say, oh, do you know what your core values are? And they might list off a few words, but then do they actually live by those values? Are they actually meaningful for them? And quite often they're not. And so, I mean, mine are achievement. It's all about sort of looking for the transformation, understanding how I can evolve into a better person. 
And so when I switch off, it's a case of understanding that it is exploring new avenues, exploring opportunities, having conversations, having great time with others, being more mindful of, of the people, the, the company that I'm keeping as well, and, and just having that great opportunity to engage with other people. And part of uh, one of my huge values is being a bridge builder. I, I love connecting people. So connectedness is, is a huge part of who I am. And that's where partly recording the episodes in my podcast with people brings more people together. And I feel like it's just this big jigsaw that I'm building. And I, I love that, you know, it really is important to me. And, and that links in very much so with diversity, because I, I believe that we're all connected, we're all, we're all different, but we're all part of that jigsaw in some way or another. And but part of what I do in my coaching work is helping people to identify what makes them unique, what their superpowers are, what they absolutely love doing. Because as I said earlier, we can be so busy filling in the moments that we don't look for things that are fulfilling. And, and that's really important to me. And I have a, a bit of a, a Tigger-like energy, a huge amount of effervescence, if you say. It's a, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of motivation. And that's where, again, I feel that the last year or so that we have been in lockdown, I've really understood more about myself than I have in the preceding, you know, 46 plus years. You know, it's it's crazy that understanding when when you really when it comes down to what is really important everything else can disappear but I know that what I do now is what I should be doing so yeah from an, another perspective I love sitting down with the family and watching box sets together and talking about it we, we, it takes us a lot longer because we pause and we chat about things so we don't just watch stuff. We pause it. We have whole conversations around topics. And it's, I love that. I love the exploring it with, especially with the kids, although or young adults, I should say now that they're getting to that age. But yeah, it's, it's, that's my sort of switching off, I guess. Lovely. And, you know, it's so, I think it is so important that as much as we do want to kind of move forward and achieve and progress in life that we do really think about actually pausing along the way because sometimes you know if we're going at such a rate we get stuck on that hamster wheel or sometimes we're going so fast we don't pause and stop and think actually is this a direction I even want to go in so yeah so switching off and being really clear on those boundaries you know and values are so 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 important it's a lot of walking for me, Emma. I, I spend a huge amount of time out and about just walking. And I take the dog with me uh, and I might plug into a book, but sometimes it's just being in the na in nature. And often the times when I don't want to go for a walk, I then really go for a walk because that's when I need it most. When I think, oh, I can't go now because I've got this, this and this. That's when I say, you know what? You need to go out now. And I come back feeling refreshed, feeling calm, feeling much more energized than if I just sat there and carried on working. Yeah, walking is massively my go-to as well. Um, huge, huge, huge help um, in terms of, you know, clearing headspace, clearer thinking, stepping out of that autopilot really and enabling me to switch off so that I can perform at my best too. So, um, 
just really to find out a little bit more about Amy because you've got you seem to read around so many of these topics and I would just love to find out you know your personal flourishing formula for life um are there any personal tips that help you to live life to to the full that you could share with our listeners yeah I mean I touched on it just a moment ago it's really understanding the values and understanding that how they fold into different elements of your life so sometimes I sort of stop myself and say actually I can do this but is this what I really want to be doing and I'm a big fan of (laughs) saying yes and no to the right right things and it, it hasn't always been easy I used to say yes to a lot of things and then find myself down a difficult path of what have I said yes to here so now I'm very clear about what I want to do because my time is now safeguarded much more so than it ever has been. And that's so I would say time is really important to me. My values are really important to me and understanding what I absolutely love doing. So it, again, it comes down to really having that me time, understanding when I need space, when I when I need to be with others, when, but when I also need to be on my own. And just really understanding how in that time I'm using it for different things. And so something I'm very aware of is when I am functioning better at different times of the day, when are my ebbs and my flows? Um, I guess it comes down to circadian rhythms. It comes down to a chronotype. If you, if you sort of want to go down that route that some people talk about, you having chronotypes. And for me, it's just understanding where my natural ebbs and flows when I need to have sleep, when I need to be working in different areas and really safeguarding that and being really mindful about where I give my time to others and how I spend that because you can't get that back. No, you definitely can't get time back. Is there any sort of reading that you would say has really kind of changed your life? So one book that I read back in December 2016 was called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And the reason that I referenced that book is because it was a format that he uses called his lifesavers. And there are the, the six elements to it. But the one element that I've kept up ever since that day, so we're just shy of 1600 days now since then, is journaling. And so I massively advocate the benefit of journaling in in life to help so many different ways. And so much so that I've now become a journal therapy coach because I love helping people to see the benefits of journaling. So that was a book that I would highly recommend. Uh, I do have a spreadsheet of books, so it's difficult for me to pull out one or two. But if I had to pull out another one, that I think has been beneficial to me. It has been something more recently that I've been reading, which is The Artist's Way. And again, that is by Julia, it's Julia Cameron. And again, it talks and advocates the benefits of writing and putting pen to paper and lots of exercises, a 12 week program that she walks you through. And this this has been used, this book now for decades by many people particularly for creative people who have got artists block or various things, but it really helps you to 
to unblock your thoughts and and so those those two books both sort of in that space but if anybody wants to ask me about any different fields please feel free to reach out and I can share uh, my spreadsheet of books that I have Oh, I love that all around journaling. I honestly think that for me, kind of, I got to a point where I found it quite hard to express how I was feeling because I'd kind of been the superwoman, if that made sense, for so long and found that it was quite difficult to talk deeply and and openly about my feelings. And journaling, I would say I've been consistently writing since, well, probably for at least the last. 18 months to two years, I write every single day without fail. And it just, it's a way to just get what is in my head out of my head. And sometimes that is what I say to my clients is there's no right or wrong way to journal. It's just get what is in your head out of your head then it might be one day that it's that you're organizing thoughts. It might be one day that it's real creative, emotional writing. It might be that you're diarizing something. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts on on that, Amy. Yeah, I mean, it's a real honest reflection. It's a snapshot of how you are right in the moment right now. And and what so what I can I see is I see growth. I see the challenges. I see how I've overcome those. And I see how all the smaller moments all piece together and not just those big events that you have in life. So for me, as you say, it's, there's no right or wrong way here. But I do find that when I start writing, that I, I get rid of a lot of negative comments as a lot of negative self-talk and I can start to reframe that as much more positive statements and much more positive language and that has made a massive difference over the years so I use journaling as you say for expressive writing I use it to report various events I use it as as a diary to journal out you know my my progress to to log my 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 goals, my my achievements, um, so, but it is it is a huge reframing of of language. And often, when you're writing in the mornings, and uh, particularly so, it means that you can just get on with what's important during that day. You can really focus on the more relevant stuff instead of thinking about things aren't so relevant because you've given acknowledgement to your those words first thing in the morning, and, and they they just disappear. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love it. In fact, um, I've just been part of a book collaboration, which will be coming out actually within the next um, probably six to eight weeks. Um, And within that, I've shared extracts of my journal and I've ended up doing it a bit more kind of Bridget Jones style-y. So it's not, there's some personal things in there, but because sometimes I'll just diarise kind of what's going on in the world at that time. So I've kind of used that to be able to share my journey over 2020. So I hope that will help people as well, because it's certainly helped me. I'd even go as far to say that journaling's paid a part in saving my life. And that's probably quite extreme, isn't it? <laughs> but I do think... No, I, I, think, I think it has that power. I really do. And it is, there's a reason why the journal is used alongside therapy because of all of the benefits of reducing stress and 
for helping the physical well-being you know it's used a lot with people who are going through trauma or or addiction recovery or chronic illness or eating disorders or issues with marriage and family relationships you know there's lots of different reasons that journaling is is actually proven to be a really good resource oh thank you amy i have absolutely loved having you on the human reboot podcast today if anyone would like to get in touch with you how's the what's the best way for them to do that the easiest way to get in contact with me is to go to my website it's amyrowlinson.com brilliant thank you and thank you so much amy i have absolutely loved this well thank you very much for having me today emma it's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation thank you for listening to the human reboot podcast i'm emma last And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's thehumanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.